0: There's proof that you can turn your life around. And we've got it for you right now. This guy from Maryland named Ray Han, uh, he worked as a garbage man. Okay. And uh, he had a really tough childhood. Mom mom um, passed away and dad was left to raise the two boys on his own. And so times were tight. So he became a gar- garbage man. Well, he just made his way through classes at the University of Maryland and has graduated from Harvard Law School and he said that he never thought this would happen in his life. The
1: only reason why I made it to where I'm at is because people helped me out of the kindness of their heart.
0: One thing that was really cool is mm. he was super kind to the custodians at Harvard and they were shocked. They're like, students don't usually talk to us. Mm. And Tyler Perry heard his story and helped him pay for his tuition and the fi- funds lighten the load, but he was still struggling with some serious health issues. But he made it. He's a graduate. And his next up, he's got a job lined up at a law firm in New York.
2: Wow. Isn't that so awesome? Him. That is a great story.
0: Coming up, what would you say is the formula for a perfect vacation? How about you? What do you feel is the formula for a perfect vacation? They asked people that question in a new survey, and the response was fascinating felt that stepping out of their comfort zone is really important. Really? Uh, Meeting new people, trying new food. We love when something funny happens that creates a story that you're going to tell for years to come. Hmm. Nearly half of the people in the survey feel so strongly about the importance of time away from work that they would quit a job that didn't allow them to take the time off they needed for an unforgettable trip. Really? That's how important vacation time is to them.
2: Now the one yeah. that one that I was like, yeah, I want to get out of my comfort zone. I want to be in the comfort zone <laughs> when I go on vacation. I go hard the other other what fifty weeks of the year. The two weeks of vacation, I would like to chill, mm-hmm. just hit pause, yeah, relax like a little bit. Adventures. I just read something fascinating about social media and how we all interact, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so guilty of some of the things that this this person is saying about how we can be better on social media. I'm going to talk about it next. We're going to talk a little bit about social media. And I I just read something that was really challenging about social media. I'll I'll raise my hand. I love it. I love being on social media. Do you, Taylor, do you enjoy it?
0: Yes, uh, certain aspects of it. I love it. Like, especially like seeing joy in people's lives. That's Mm -hmm. so fun.
2: Yeah, it does create community and you feel Mm -hmm. like connected to people and you see and you learn things you never would know. But uh, this whole uh, thought process by the way that I read was based on the the good samaritan and asking the question who is my neighbor and how how did the interactions in the with the good samaritan how did all of that go down and how did it happen so it's really interesting when you apply it to social media and 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 for all the positive things that you just said we can tend to they say retreat into a filtered bubble like where we just we we kind of like uh, decide, okay, I want this, I don't want that. It's not like real life at all. In real life, you don't get to, I don't know, you don't get on the bus and decide who's going to be on the bus and who's not going to be on the bus. We all just get on there together, right? But on social media, you can, and it can lead to like polarization and indifference and all of these other things that aren't really reflective of Jesus, but more reflective of us. And this was the quote that really stood out to me. We react easily and rapidly to information on a screen without context and with no effort to seek the full story, Mm. right? You see something and you react to it and you post your snarky little reply and then you get on with your life. Having no thought to the person that posted, you know, whatever it was, um, no thought for their feelings, for their, where they're coming from. None of that. You just post your little reply and you get on with your life. And the encouragement was be reflective, not reactive, that we all fall into digital traps that are intentionally there to sow conflict, that are intentionally there to cause you outrage and an emotional reaction. And we don't even think about it. We just fall into the trap and we react as the person intended for us to do. Hmm. And it's not a good thing. And the encouragement was to spend time listening, considering, and understanding.
0: That is interesting. We live in a society where people want your opinion immediately on something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way the news works is you got to take a side.
2: I was really challenged by it. Very challenged by it to be more reflective about things and not reactive. So we're talking about the digital world, social media and a call to react or not even react to reflect and to act differently on social media than maybe we have been in the past. And uh, these thoughts came from using the story of the Good Samaritan and how we should be behaving on Social media. Listen to this, Taylor. The intera- interaction between the two men in the story of the Good Samaritan prompts us to make the first move in the digital world. We're invited to see the value and dignity of those with whom we have differences. Wow. How different would your behavior on social media be if instead of when you see someone who has a different opinion from you, instead of going to attack mode, you went, wait a minute, I'm going to value the human dignity of this person. Whether they are or not is not the point. You're the follower of Jesus in the equation. You should be acting differently, right? So we're also invited to look beyond our own safety net, our own silo, and our own bubbles. Becoming a neighbor in the social media environment requires the intentionality of listening. Mm. Oof, man, Espe- especially if we're getting closer to the political season ramping up. Mm-hmm. Imagine the difference it would be if we all decided to apply that. To our social media yeah. interactions, rather than you know being righteous and and coming down with the with the self proclaimed sword of Almighty God, you know what I mean. You it's make like you totally make me
0: think of something I was thinking about the other day, and it it seems like. Tell me if I am ha- to something in the in the world today. The Christian subculture in politics and social media, the fruits of the spirit have been minimized. Mm. Love joy peace patience gentleness goodness mm-hmm. self control it seems like that's that should be put on a pedestal that that should be what we're all aiming for is those fruits right but it seems like it's it's other things like taking a stand or taking a side right. that is put on the pedestal
2: boy if we could be the people to to bring them back or bring them back or maybe bring them for the first time <laughs> to social media That'd be something.
0: So what's the cool new gadget in your life that's changed it and made it so easy? I mean, people make multimillion dollar businesses out of making your life more convenient, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I have a new one and it has brought me so much joy. And when you hear what it is, you're going to be like, what? That's it, Taylor? So here's the deal. It's a kitchen gadget. And I have always absolutely hated pressing garlic. To me, it's torture. It hurts your hand. It's awful. It's horrible. So any recipe I ever had, if it called for pressed garlic, I would get out my knife and just chop it really, 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 really tiny. I'd be like, good enough. It's got Mm -hmm. fresh garlic in it. Good. So fast forward uh, a couple of weeks ago, my mom's in town and me and my mom and my sister are all cooking in my kitchen together because they want to help. And we're talking and having fun and I was like, oh, you, I said, uh, cause for pressed garlic, but don't worry. I'm just going to chop it up. I'm not putting myself through that. It's like, it's awful. She goes, what do you mean? I go, you can here if you want to press it. You can. I hate pressing garlic. And she gets out my garlic press and she's like, oh my goodness, this thing is horrible. It's hurting my hand. It's awful. So for my birthday, she got me a garlic press. <laughs> it's life changing. It's like the easiest thing you could possibly do.
2: What makes this one different?
0: I guess it's maybe the one that someone got me years ago for a wedding gift was just a dud. But this one, you just like barely go like this with your hand and the garlic just squeeze white out like Play-Doh. Yeah. Like you're playing with one of those Uh Play-Doh thingies. Uh The other one, oh, I would beg Glenn. I'd be like, "Would you press the garlic for me? It hurts my hands so bad." You have bad. to share
2: because people have been uh, struggling with that for years. She right? found
0: it on Amazon for me. No kidding. I didn't know other people were struggling with that besides me.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Garlic press is no joke. And then oh, you this feel this thing
0: is awesome.
2: You mush it in there and you feel like you didn't get all the garlic because it's all yeah. like all the pulp is left inside. Exactly. Of your, yeah. And this
0: was so easy to clean. Like it was, it's changed my life. It'll change cooking in my kitchen forever.
2: (laughs) Thanks mom. See, even all these years later, mom still knows best.
0: (laughs) Do you want a longer, happier marriage coming up? This could be the secret. Hey, do you want a longer, happier marriage? This could be the secret. Combine your finances. They said married couples with joint bank accounts argued less about money, felt more confident about household financial management, and reported better overall relationship satisfaction. Mm -hmm. They also felt more unified and more committed to shared goals when they had combined finances. I just thought, because that's the way my parents did it, that that's how everybody did it. Mm -hmm. So when Glenn and I got married a long time ago, we just like, of course, had joint bank accounts. But I guess there are still a lot of couples who are like, okay, you pay the rent, I'll pay the groceries. You pay this, I'll pay that. They have separate Accounts,
2: Yeah, for uh, for Tracy and I, I mean, it, it's been from day one. We got married, combined accounts. And it, I think it works because, okay, you, you have separate accounts. You have like three or four days before payday where you have to pretend that you didn't blow all your money. And you did. <laughs> Whereas if it's joint, you both know that we've spent foolishly and we have no money left. Right? You're right. in it together yep. with your foolish spending habits rather than being broke and having to pretend that you're not. That's awful when you have to do that.
0: Chances are in your marriage, you probably like to play practical jokes on each other, tease each other. It's it's like a form of flirting, right? Well, wait till you hear what this one husband did to tease his wife publicly. (laughs) I'll tell you about it in just a minute. They always say that, you know, a good sense of humor is always part of a strong marriage. You love to tease each other, play pranks, flirt with each other. And this husband came up with the most hilarious way to basically publicly prank his wife. Uh, here's what they did. Um, they went on a dream vacation to Disney World, and he went all over Disney, and would wait till the just the right moment, and get down on one knee, and fake propose to her. <laughs>
3: and
1: she
0: would be like,
3: because ah! she
0: does not like attention, she does not want to make a scene. And everyone, you know, of course, in Disney, you're already like in this, what do they call it? The happiest place on earth. It's magic, you know, Disney. And, oh, look, this guy's about to propose. They've already been (laughs) married like a year. (laughs) He just kept doing it over and over again. And then the big one was he did that thing where I don't have a glass and you have a thermos, but... He clinked on his glass at the restaurant, and everyone's like, ooh. And He's like, can I have your attention, please? And he got down on one knee and started to propose to her again. I just thought that was the most creative, hilarious husband. She could not have been more annoyed. She's like, this isn't funny anymore.
2: Day seven. (laughs) It was funny the first two days. Right. So that I love the guy that would fake propose to his wife throughout Disneyland. They're (laughs) already married. She doesn't like a scene. I I love doing that. Like when you're on vacation doing doing pranks, my wife and I just did the googly eye thing while we were at the Beatles festival. We put googly eyes everywhere. A couple of I am going to assume well-meaning people commented on the couple of pictures that I posted on social media. That's rude. They're someone's gotta peel those off. They come right off. <laughs> I mean oh, that's just good. they come, I mean like literally just poink and they they come right off. And I think they added a lot of joy to people's lives. And Tracy, mm-hmm. she's adamant, like we were only doing that on vacation. Like we went to the grocery store uh yesterday and I said, Let's take some googly eyes with us and she's like, No. It's only a vacation thing. We only do that on vacation. She doesn't
0: want someone she knows to see her doing it. I guess,
2: maybe, (laughs) probably. I'm like, out of the 50, I have like eight left. (laughs) And I really wanted to put them up yesterday. But another thing I did with my daughter, it was just me and my daughters on a road trip one time. And I didn't tell them I was going to do this, but every time we stopped to get something to eat... Um, I would act like I was angry at them just to get reaction out of people around Oh, that's so
0: mean. That's a classic dad move.
2: You guys are lucky I'm not going to leave you here. I can't believe you behave this way. And they just, they're like, what? (laughs) The first time they're like, why are you doing this, dad? We got in the car and I was laughing. So I was like, do you see the lady behind us? (laughs) I thought she was going to come and give me a stern talking (laughs) to.
0: Oh, man, that is so brave. There's no way I could do that. I would be way too scared. Or I'd just start laughing.
2: By the third time, they just didn't even care anymore. (laughs) They they were over it. First time, it was bewilderment. We didn't do anything wrong, Dad. What's wrong with you? Second time was like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Third time was like, can you please not? You
0: are going to love this sweet story of a couple getting married in a castle. I know you and Tracy got married. We in got one. married.
2: Real life castle. We sure Jamie did. Uh, had
0: a really tough childhood and ended up all on her own at only 12 years old. Mm. And things got even worse when she was a teenager. She hadn't eaten in over a week. And she showed up at a white castle. You know, the burger joint. Yeah. And a woman treated her with such kindness. She told her, go get cleaned up. You poor thing, go in the bathroom, get cleaned up, and I'm going to get you something to eat. Well, she started crying in the bathroom just for being treated like a human being. Mm. And so then this good Samaritan fed her regularly with burgers that would have been thrown away anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, because of her kindness years and years ago, when Jamie fell in love, she and Drew decided... Let's get married in a castle, in a white castle. And they dressed up as a princess and a knight in shining <laughs> armor, complete with a cake shaped like a white castle slider. How is that? And they asked Jamie what she would say to that white castle worker if she could talk to her. Mm-hmm. And she answered, I would hug her and just say, thank you for being the reason I exist right now. Wow. Kev, you know how one of your favorite parenting phrases is, There's just something about daddies and daughters.
2: I thought you were going to say, don't make me come up there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Coming up, this proves your point. Kev, you know how one of your favorite parenting phrases is, there's just something about daddies and daughters? Yes. Well, this totally proves your point. Mason and his wife have two little girls, and he just thought it would be fun to record lots of fun memories while the girls were little.
1: I thought it was just a fun online like diary of my daughter and I's activities that I'd be able to show them one day. Like, oh, fun stuff we've done in your childhood. And it's the, the most rewarding thing in the, in the world. Well, hmm. now
0: his account at Dad Social has over 2 million followers. Huh. He loves documenting everything from uh, the first time his daughter slid down a slide, sat on his lap, To the time his other daughter was dreading going to the doctor for shots. Mm. So he surprised her when he picked her up from school by filling the minivan with those pit balls, you know, the (laughs) multicolored balls in the minivan. So the lady in carpool, instead of like, Hmm. you know, putting her in normal, had to like... Diver into these balls. And she was like, Thank you, Daddy. You made me less scared about my shot that I have to get at the doctor. And so it, like you said, it proves the point. There's something about dads and daughters.
2: Especially when dad's like that. Wow. He's setting the bar high for the rest of us. So one thing that everybody seems to be on everybody's mind nowadays, maybe you you deal with it anxiety. You know someone that's dealing with anxiety. I was thinking about that the other day. And and maybe this is one of the things that's causing us to feel anxious. I'll share this with you a minute. I would love to hear your thoughts on it too. We'll talk about anxiety next. So anxiety, right? It's always in the headlines. Everybody seems to be dealing with it all the time. I mean, it's like, a, I think the surgeon general said it was a pandemic or that everybody is anxious all the time. And you just wonder what, what's happened that there's been this change. Cause I know being, being of a certain age, I'll go like, well, gosh, it wasn't like that when we were younger. Um, and I've worked through the whole, it wasn't like that when we were kids. Why can't you just get over it to trying to understand more and be like, huh, this is very weird. People are really experiencing this. And it's not to be dismissed with, well, we handled it differently when when we were younger. Because, frankly, we don't have the same stuff to deal with that uh, people younger nowadays have. I'm talking like high school and college, college age and stuff. But I was thinking about this, Taylor, and tell me what you think. We tend to to magnify micro stuff. Like, little things that happen in our lives get magnified and blown up really big, and we lose sight of the big picture, right? Kind of like, I don't know, you're going on vacation. You're taking a a week vacation at the beach, and you get stuck in traffic, and you lose it because you're stuck in traffic. Whereas if you took a step back and went, okay, big picture— this traffic jam is going to clear up. It might be 30 minutes. It might be an hour or two, but whatever. We're going to get on our way. We're going to have a great week at the beach. But you lose it in that moment because you're failing to see the big picture. And I'm wondering if we all did that, if we we made it like, okay, we're going to commit that when I start getting upset over these micro things and making, what's the old saying, mountains out of molehills, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm going to try to stop doing that and really keep things in perspective. Is this... A big deal as we're playing. I'm saying this, by the way, uh, one of my one of my kids had an issue yesterday, losing it early in the day. And by the end of the day, oh, yeah, it was no big deal. Hmm. But I'm wondering, did that just add a few more drops in her anxiety bucket? You know what I mean? And and are we all capable of doing that, of just like magnifying the micro and forgetting the big picture? Oh, and does yeah. We're does all that capable of it is mm-hmm. that part of our collective problem where we all feel anxious all the time i don't know i'm not by the way i'm not pretending to be an expert on any of this i'm just mm-hmm. a guy who's trying to figure all this out on my own and and try to you know be loving and kind and help people so what do you think have you dealt with anxiety and do you think that's is that part of it and when i say dealt with anxiety maybe you've had it or maybe a loved one experiences it and you do you see that a magnification of the micro and forgetting The big picture would love to hear from you, Carol. We're talking about anxiety and trying to get our heads around a little bit of what might be causing it. And I was thinking the other day, is it the fact that we like overemphasize magnify the micro things in our lives and we forget the big picture. What do you think about that?
3: I think that you have a lot going for you right there. And I definitely have seen, um, through the years, especially with the addition of extra uh, more children, we have four, Mm -hmm. um, that my anxiety has gone up. It's a slightly different take. I think it's all the sugar that we're eating. Um, because once I quit sugar a year and a half ago, my anxiety reduced by a, so much. Like no uh, kidding, that's I can't fascinating. Even tell you. And it has just made my life so much better. I think it's the diet and the nutrition um, and what we're being fed or what we're being sold. Than I do think, but I think all of this is together wrapped in about anxiety. Now, your ki-
2: did your kids join you in getting off the sugar?
3: My kids are older. They eat less of it than they did because they've seen such an improvement in me, oh, but wow. they still eat a good bit of sugar. I just <laughs> yeah. have to pray that God will show them how much li- how much better life can be without it. Huh?
2: She got off the sugar.
0: Carol, you were taking something that I was thinking, too. Like, I personally haven't... Dealt with like that, you know, I I had a mom say to me the other day, she goes, I'm going to use the word anxiety. And she had something really just like she couldn't apply logic to it that she was really stressed about with one of her kids. And I think it might be kind of like that whole combination of like we're not getting enough sleep because we're staying up too late watching shows, social media, whatever, maybe doing chores. We're uh, we're eating sugar and caffeine. And we're I think we're all kind of like. Even though logically our brains want to do what you said, Kev, and say, Hey, we need to big picture this right now. When we're kind of already on that edge or ledge of our stress levels, it's hard to apply logic at that moment. Hmm. And so, like for Carol, it sounds like getting rid of the sugar. Helped her have a little bit of a buffer zone hmm. emotionally.
2: Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's a real deal, y'all. Um, it is. People are suffering with it. And I, I think the more compassionate we can be and learn more about it, mm-hmm. the better off we're all going to be, whether you have anxiety or not. Because I'm telling you, someone you love is dealing with it, whether they've shared, shared that with you or yeah, not. Yeah, I
0: think we all know someone. Hey, do you try to keep up with all the terms your teens are using these days? Then you're going to want to learn what bed rotting is. Bed Are you, have you heard that one yet, Kev? No. Mm-mm. Uh, Gen Z's newest self-care trend is called bed rotting, where you just stay in bed all day. You can sleep, eat, watch TV, or just stare at the ceiling. And the <laughs> only rule is you're not allowed to feel guilty about it.
2: <laughs> Why the need to label everything nowadays? I
0: do not know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you hear hear kids say, how if you go, how was your weekend? And they're like, Oh, I just... Just bed rotted all weekend. Then yeah. you know what they're talking about.
2: I try to stay up on things like, especially the acronyms like IDK, I don't know, mm-hmm. LOL, laugh out loud,
1: mm-hmm.
2: WTF, why the face. Oh, <laughs> you know all the yeah, all good. the hip stuff that kids use. Yeah,
1: keep it
0: up. So I went in and talked to our producer Griff, and I'm like, hey, what do you want to talk about today? And he goes, my wife Sarah tried to play a prank on me, and the key word that I co- honed in on, Kev, is tried to play a prank, <laughs> so I can't wait to hear this story.
2: Huh. So uh, Griffin just jumped in the studio with us, and Taylor was saying that uh, your wife, Sarah, played a prank on you, or tried to play
1: a prank on you. What happened? Yeah, she tried to. Um, we were going to go out to dinner with some friends. Mm-hmm. It was like four couples, and a few weeks before, the wives all decided that they wanted to pull a prank on the guys. <gasps> I've seen this on... Is it s- the
0: shirt
3: thing?
1: It's the shirt thing. <laughs> the, they uh, basically... They have it so all the guys show up wearing the same shirt. And it's usually kind of a ridiculous shirt. Yeah. And the guy, lots of guys just listen to their wives like, hey, honey, wear this shirt. And like, OK, I'll wear it. And yeah. everyone shows up and you're wearing the same shirt. Yeah. Um, so they decided they were going to try that. So they all <laughs> ordered the same Hawaiian shirt off Amazon.
0: <laughs> I have never seen you in a Hawaiian no, shirt. No,
1: that's not really my thing. No. No. I, I noticed this shirt in my closet the day we're supposed to go eat. I'm like, Sarah, where'd this come from? She's like oh your mom dropped it off the other night because sometimes my mom will still get clothes for me as I hear and, she's like, Aww, that's and nice. she's like yeah your mom left it the other day you were already like in the shower or something and she left it she's like why don't you try it on it fit okay the collar was kind of weird it just really <laughs> wasn't my thing it wasn't my style <laughs> she's like oh I think it looks great I think you should wear it tonight I'm like I don't know Sarah it's not uh, did you at any point get suspicious like I'm being set up here or? I did that night when she's kind of I got dressed for the night to go to dinner. I wasn't wearing that shirt and she got really <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> like, Sarah, what's the big deal? You, like, you've Who never you been never mad about what, what I wear, wear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. and she's just not in a good mood about it. And <laughs> I, We're on the way to dinner. and I noticed she's texting. I'm like, oh, you know what? I think they were trying to pull this prank on us. I think that's what's going oh. on. So without even saying anything to her, I text my friends. Hey, are your wives insisting you wear a certain (laughs) shirt tonight and they're like yeah and i guess word got back to sarah that i had sent that text so i blew up the whole thing and she was even more mad at me because i blew it all up she's like why couldn't have you just gone along with it like why'd you have to ruin it for everyone else too oh no i was like no tiktok pranks are being pulled on us did did anyone (laughs) did anyone wind up wearing one of the husbands did wear it he was a good sport even though he knew about the prank at that and point. he had right, right, the best right, right. night. He still <laughs> wore the shirt. Out of all the guys. Right, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. And Griff easily had the, the worst night. Yeah, she was not happy. <laughs> My goodness.
3: I could not love this story more.
1: <laughs> She wouldn't even let him have <laughs> so any free funny. chips and salsa. Nope. No, <laughs> nope.
2: You okay,
3: don't so d- for you. You don't
2: deserve
0: those. <laughs> So, Cav, you just recently got a new tattoo, so I thought you'd find this fascinating. There is going to be a trend where, at least in a certain part of the country or certain part of the world, Mm -hmm. tattoos are going to be a whole lot less colorful. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So, Cav, since you have more tattoos than anyone I've ever met, um, you'll find this fascinating. (laughs) No, you do. Like, I don't know anyone else with a sleeve. You're the only person in my life. But but when you you say that, it makes makes
2: people think like I've got one between my eyes or something.
0: (laughs) You just have a lot. But
2: they're they're all in places where they can be covered easily. Should I need to? Oh, that's good. (laughs) If I ever um, want to apply for a job at Disney.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they will not let you have them. Uh, The tattoo market is a $1.75 billion industry and it's growing every year by 10%. That's how many people love tats. Hmm. And get this, tattoos in Europe are going to be a whole lot less colorful from here on out. That's because they have banned thousands of pigments that potentially cause cancer, hmm. like blue 153, green 7. Those make those two inks make up 70% of tattoo designs. So I wonder if there's going to be, you know how some people in the United States will go to Mexico for cheaper dental care Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. Europe for alternative cancer treatment? I wonder if Europeans are going to plan a tattoo vacation
2: (laughs) in the United States and get get our (laughs)
0: non-banned pigments. I don't know. We'll see.
2: Okay, so yes, I got another tattoo. It's uh the Latin word for mercy on my left forearm. I think it looks super cool. But when you post a tattoo like that, you will get two responses. Number one response will be someone will very snarkily put, aren't you worried what that's gonna look like when you're eighty-five?
0: Oh, really? And that's I always so respond mean.
2: back like, Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. I'm totally gonna get it removed next week. Thanks.
3: Oh,
2: man. <laughs> and then the other one, are Christians supposed to get tattoos? Because in Leviticus, it talks about tattoos, but it also talks about not eating cheeseburgers and not wearing polyester blends, which we all do. So that's always my response to like, oh, so you've never eaten a cheeseburger and they never respond back.